Welcome to Tabletop Treasures, your one-stop shop for everything tabletop and our opinions of the lovely little stories we create. I'm Kieran. And I'm Ryan. And today we're going to be doing a little bit different. We're not going to be creating any stories. We're mostly just going to be going over uh, some lovely things that we think about tabletop, uh, some etiquette on it. Uh, so, yeah, the first section we're going to do, um, we're, we're going to do like a rapid question time. I'm going to ask Ryan some some opinions that he has on uh, different aspects um, of being a player mostly, which, Ryan, are you, are you a player much these days? Or are you mostly um, not GM? Not as much as I would like to be, I don't think, unfortunately. Ah, that's like mostly every, GM. That's every GM is probably like, as soon as you do GM once, everyone's like, that's the GM. Yep. That's it. For You're everything. the GM forever now. All right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get started. Um, but I do have some experience as a player, so hopefully I can still answer these questions. <laughs> I think you get a unique experience being a GM and a player. If you just be a player, it's a bit different. So, anyway, we'll get, yeah, uh, first question. What do you do if you get, and this might not be you specifically, but you've seen people do it, when you sort of get stuck on, like, yourself and, like, the rest of the party, just sort of get, like, decision paralysis and don't know what to do. Like, the GM's left an open line for you. Not an open line, but, like, a, like, Oh, all right. Well, you've killed the bad guy. Uh, the town's kind of open now. What do you want to do? And everyone's like, oh, well, um, yeah, we'll, um, um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I do know the feeling. Um, not, not something I've necessarily had to deal with as a player because I've had quite a, I think I've had quite story-driven experiences in the games I've played because... It's either been just quite a story-driven gem, which has been great, um, or it's been my players doing one-shots for me, so we sort of know what we're getting into at the start. We're just going to do that one-shot. Um, what I will say I'm a fan of, though, and this is a very cliche answer, but I think it's that way because it works, um, is the quest board. If I'm a player in that situation, I'm 100% just going to say, is there a quest board in town? Can we go see the quest board? interesting so when i'm i'm a player i always try and like i look at my backstory and see if i can do anything for that like hey uh, i need to contact uh my uncle jebediah or i try and involve that that that's my go-to as a player that's very interesting. I, I do try and avoid the just doing another quest Oh, that's really interesting. That's two very interesting perspectives, I think. Um, what what would you say is the turnoff for doing a quest? Is it that you like the more narrative and backstory-driven approaches to this sort of tabletop game? I definitely love the storytelling. Um, no, I just feel like once you finished a quest, the last thing you as an adventurer would do is like, I will need to go do another quest immediately. Okay. I like that I mean, kind I'm of... I'm including time for, like, we'll, we'll do some downtime. I mean, it might be an unpopular opinion. I like a bit of tabletop shopping. I know I've read quite a few things about people just loathing that, but I'm, I'm all for a good shopping episode, actually. So I do appreciate a bit of downtime between the quests. I think as a GM, you have to make a shopping episode good. If it's just like you're letting the players go through a bunch of 
lists, then that's yeah, that's pretty yeah. boring for yeah, everybody. Absolutely. But if uh, for me, I like to like actually, you know, play the shopkeeper and be like, we have this, and we just got this in today, and well, my brother made this, and like I have it here, but oh, absolutely, don't buy it. It's shit. <laughs> Yeah, and it's good role-playing opportunities as well. My players just refuse to do anything apart from flirt with shopkeepers, but that's still good. It's still good fun, I think. Well, I had one experience. Um, so I had this uh, goblin shopkeeper, and he, he was an alchemist, um, and he had uh, the he had like the weekly um, surprise potion, Lord's surprise concoction. And he'd uh, just make random things, and the players would always buy it because they wanted to see what would happen. And one time he had a 50-50 potion, and it would either heal you for 50 points or explode for 50 damage. So the players bought it because they're like, oh, this is hilarious. Of course they do. Chaos is the best part of these things. (laughs) They go off and do a quest, and they uh, get to this thing, and the guy's just like, um, the barbarian... I think it was a barbarian. Um, whatever his thing was, he got surrounded by enemies. He's like, well, I'm on like 12 health, so I'm either going to explode and kill them or uh, heal 50 points. So he drinks the potion and his head explodes. And it was it was, just, it was just amazing. Like just so funny because uh, they weren't high enough level that he had over 50 HP. So it just like it literally just outright killed him because the – Stuff exploded. He like drank explosive liquid. So like, I love incredible. doing things like that with the shopkeepers. Just like they always remember that shopkeeper, and like every time they see him, he's got less and less um, fingers, toes, limbs, body parts for obvious <laughs> reasons. See that sort of um. Oh, I forget. I forget the terminology for it, which I feel like I really should know. But the, uh, telling the story through those little changes i think is a really fun part of tabletop games uh the continuality where he's sort of slowly (laughs) losing parts of his body i think that's um it's it's fun things like that that are sort of pretty like unique to this medium i find oh very much so so that actually sort of brings me into my next question how do you mm-hmm. feel about video games that use like the D and D systems, the Pathfinder systems? Because I find for myself, like I'm like, oh, it's really cool they're using that system, but then it just doesn't feel like it because it's a video game, and they could have used any rules under the hood, and like, yeah, it's almost like a marketing point that they're using the system rather than like it. It the game didn't need it. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. So I immediately, I mean, my brain went to the exact opposite point to the one to the question you were asking, which is that um, I'm hugely inspired by video games when I do tabletop. And um, I take a lot of systems from video games and the kind of video games I enjoy and transpose that directly into my tabletop. But in terms of the other way around, where you're taking usually D&D rules um, and making a video game out of that, I think it's an interesting question, and I think I, I would have to say that I don't enjoy it because I just do not play any of those games. And I'm actually a huge strategy and tactical game buff. So, so am I. I think it does say something that I don't enjoy those. 
Because yeah, I think you're I, right. I think there are games that do it better. I, I think if I would just play Final Fantasy Tactics rather than try rather than try a game that is trying to be D and D, I'd rather play a game that's being itself very well. And if I want to play D and D, I'll play D and D. Yeah, well, I really like The Witcher Three. I really like um, uh, what is it? Mass Effect. I did really like Dragon Age um, Origins, which does have D and D under the hood. Like you can able, you can enable like the view where it has the dice rolls and what they're getting. I think they oh. did a really good job though of like smashing so much story on top that like it didn't matter. Yeah, it feels a little bit more like the Dragon Age series is doing its own thing. I mean, it could be exactly the same. Um, So two and three, definitely. Two and three, definitely. But Origins, like you could turn on like the combat log and you could see that it was D and D. Well, I wonder if it's a matter of perception. Because I think maybe some games like just D and D the video game. Because um, there are games like um. What is it? Uh, not Path of Exile. Um, Pillars of Eternity, Neverwinter Nights, and stuff like they make it obvious. Like, oh, you yeah, it's D video game. You rolled this, blah blah blah, and I'm like, taking the stat system from D D is not the part to be taking from D D. Yeah, look, controversial opinion. I don't think this is a controversial opinion. Uh, the the mechanics of D D aren't super good, so you're kind of losing the best part, which is the collaborative storytelling and keeping the really kind of mid-mechanical aspects of D&D as far as role-playing games go. Yes, and I think, yeah, some games rely on that really heavily. Like, it's it's fine from a tactics thing. Um, it is cool that you can, like, a lot of these games have the exact same spell book from the RPG books, so you can sort I of like let that. go. And I love that. Oh, that's... That's the the spell that I always use on my character. That 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 stuff's kind of cool. I'm going to cast fireball, but with 3D graphics. Yeah, um, and like the loot's always like this is a short sword plus one. This is a short sword plus two. Like you, it just it is 100 percent going from one medium to the other. And then, uh, to me, it's a little off putting. I don't feel in the game as much. Yeah, I, I look I. Look, I love my plus one weapons, but in that sense, I absolutely think uh, Japanese devs do RPGs better. I yeah, I actually really agree with you. Um, that being said, as an adult, this is a little bit off topic, but I uh, don't have time for either. Really, actually, the D and D or the Japanese time, like they both are very time consuming uh, RPGs to do. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know we've had that conversation before. There are so so many games have come out that I desperately want to play. Um, Triangle Strategy, is that what it's still called? Which is basically just Final Fantasy Tactics. That's supposed to be fantastic. It's it's just all of those sorts of games. I like watching number go up. I like um, being in control of units and upgrading them and managing my little company of, of, of guys. I love that sort of stuff, and I'd rather play an RPG that's a bit more like that than mm. D&D. Because if I um, play, you should try Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles. Pretty good. Oh, I I have actually played a couple of them. Ah, oh, yeah, they're good. All right. Um, now it's been a few weeks since we actually did our last episode. At least recorded it. Yep. So, have you checked out Obsidian MD since we did that? I thought that'd be a cool question to see, since I spoke of it so highly. <laughs> 
That is a good point. Um, this is the laziest answer ever, but I wanted to. And I wanted to plan for my uh, tabletop games a lot more than I did. I wound up getting COVID and being extremely sick for a week or so. And um, I hope my players like improv because that's all they've fucking got for the last, you know, two games because I've just done absolutely nothing that has required my brain at all. Um, but ah. now that I'm sort of returning to mental capacity a little bit more, I think that's going to be one of the things I check out very quickly because I desperately do need a better way to organize my thoughts, especially now. Mm, yep, that's fair. On that note then, um, I guess like handmade content, like when you have notes written out to give to them versus pure improv, as a player, which do you prefer? Oh, it's really tough. It's tough from a player perspective because I guess I don't actually... Look, my first experience, my first extended experience with Tabletop where we actually played, I guess you could say a whole campaign. It lasted for a few months. Um, I, I still don't know. I mean, I suppose I could ask him. I don't know how much of that was planned and how much he was just sort of riffing because it felt very planned and it felt very structured, but I'd never felt railroaded. Um. I don't know how much he was lifting out of books. I don't know how much he was writing. I know he had a lot of notes, but I do feel like we still had agency. And I, I mean, I really enjoyed that. I, I never really felt like I couldn't do what I wanted, but I also did feel like there was an overarching story and I felt like he was super prepared. So um, I've got. Although I do think he was prepared mostly for one thing. Yeah, I've got an overarching story, and for the players I'm playing with now, they they want to be led on a story. <clears throat> if I give them opportunities to veer off, they rarely take it, and they're like, "Oh, where's the guy that tells us what to do right. next?" Sort of thing. But I've definitely had players that are like, um, I had a player once that was just like, "Oh, well, in the downtime, like while we're waiting, like I don't know, there was like a court hearing or something that went for." He's just like, "I'm gonna go." Uh, to this bar across across town, like it was a massive city, and he went into a bar and um, just like outright insulted this gang of people, and like in like it was one of those like Irish Irish pubs where it's like all the like the family are there and like they run the pub and like outsiders don't really go there, and he's I gave him sort of a chance to back out and he's like no nah, I'm gonna fight this and he just he just kind of ended up dying. And his party never found out what happened, which is, it was actually like kind a really funny. Though. I love that sort it of was emergent. It was a really funny story because the rest of the, yeah, the rest of the party woke up and were like, where's character? And so they had like a little side story of trying to find him and they never found him. That's beautiful. So it's, it was just like, he literally disappeared for like one day. And it, was, it was really funny. <laughs> See, it's kind of funny. So, my, my players won't do side quests. Wow. Like, like uh, I guess that's good because I should be, I mean, I should be happy because they want to keep following the overarching plot. And if I say along your travels, um, I don't know, you hear a commotion down a side road, they'll be like, um, okay, what do you want us to do about it? We're going down here to do this rebellion or whatever. Like we have better things. Why would we go check I've that out? That's funny because I'll give them things like, oh, 
you can go do Save the Kingdom or this guy's winery needs to be rebuilt and like there's goblins there. And they will be like, all right, we're going to save the winery. And then they like make a great friendship with the winery person. Um, it was the Robossa Valley. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> For those listening, that's a, a play on a um, region, wine region near us. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's cool. Um, that the, they will do things that form the world. And that became like a, one of the main providers of wine throughout the kingdom. That sounds really fun. Actually, you would call back to the of TTRPGs. That's kind of unique. It's you that you just can't accommodate for that in anything that's sort of preconceived. Like a video game can't do that because a video game can't possibly know all of the things the player will do. Mm, Whereas you, makes me sad because everyone. That's what everyone wants, right? I mean, that's the appeal. That's the appeal of tabletop is you have uh, us working as brain machines to deliver the content that the players want. Organic storytelling. All right. Well, uh, it's been 17 minutes, so we're going to cut to a break and everyone can, uh, can get a drink and, well, we'll go, go get a drink. It's going to be like instant for everybody else. So we'll catch you back. <laughs> Welcome back, table toppers. Uh, we got a lovely little section for you. It is the tabletop etiquette. And we're going to talk about creeps and just creepy people at tables. Um, I think with friends, this happens a little bit less, but when you, or especially people that organize groups online or at your local hobby shop, uh, you tend to get like a weird, usually male, but I'm not going to exclude that maybe it might not be. Um, person at the table that uh does some things so um ryan give me your opinion on like what yeah what's what's the line um when do you think it's okay to cross it if it's for storytelling if it's okay at all to cross it for storytelling and how many chances do you give them like what, what what's your feel all right, so this is an interesting one. Um, I do mostly play with friends, and I'm lucky that we kind of have, I think we have different senses of humor, but we have very overlapping senses of humor and sensibilities in general. Um, and there's also kind of some leniency where we know someone might take jokes a bit too far, like a minuscule amount too far in one direction, but it's okay because we're all sort of, we're prepared for that. We understand that it's nothing too egregious. We all know what each other is like. We all know what kind of things we joke about and say, and it's all funny. Um, I'm I, I'm of the firm belief that most tabletop problems with strangers can be solved by just booting people. I, I don't think I would give a complete stranger many chances at all if they did something that really, really rubbed myself or especially other players the wrong way. Um, with friends, it's obviously hugely complicated. As If you have friends who aren't on the same page, I could see that being a nightmare because you don't want to ruin friendships. But the, if I had Definitely don't want to ruin friendships. Yeah, the so-called creep, as you put it, at, at, at my table and it was someone I wasn't really friends with, I would just uh, give them the boot pretty much immediately. It's Yeah, it's hard with strangers because you're like, well, this is obviously just who you are and this is going to be a reoccurring thing even if I tell you to stop and you stop for a few weeks sort of thing. Yeah, that's just that's the game they want to play if they're doing it early on and say, well, that's fair enough. That's who you are. So find a game where who you are fits. Yeah, find better. a bunch of incels and you guys can play your tabletop <laughs> together. I mean, I've, man, I don't know if I should tell this story publicly to our seven 
listeners, but I will. I tell it to all my players routinely. It's kind of an in-joke at our table now um, because they do all know the person I'm talking about. It's not a stranger. It's, um, it is someone else we sort of knew and uh, someone that was playing D&D long before we started actually. Um, and at one point they invited me to join their game. And I was like, oh, yeah, that yep. sounds kind of cool. And it wasn't a person I really vibe with a whole lot. I thought they were fine. Um, they were super nerdy, and I'm pretty nerdy. So I thought, okay, well, I'll hear them out. What's, you know, what sort of game do you There play? are different Anybody? kinds of nerds, Ryan. Yeah. And we're a mostly incompatible type, I think. Um, oh, I have. Hang on. Sorry. My cat is just in a very dangerous predicament right now. I just. Uh, <laughs> she might actually fall to her death what the fuck is she doing oh my god she's in the top shelf on a cupboard sorry i just no it's all right sometimes cats roll a one on dexterity it's very rare (laughs) no i think if anything that was a 20 thankfully she's fine up there i don't know how she's gonna get down all right so i'll just return to what i was saying (laughs) um so fucking distracted now <clears throat> yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, Cats are important. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were explaining their game to me, and it all sounded kind of. It started off normal, and sort of the more we talked about it, the more I started seeing these red flags. And that started when they introduced it as an evil campaign. And look, I don't think evil campaigns are inherently bad. I just think part I of think the fantasy. I think they're fine. For most um, there's di- there's different ways you can do the evil campaign as well. Like, mm. especially if it's like you know it's stock standard. I want power to rule the kingdom, sort of thing. Yeah. Well. Well. Look. Trust me. It gets a lot worse than that. That wasn't that wasn't the only issue, but that was where I sort of said mm, it might not be the game for me. I mean, I could see the evil power fantasy for sure, but I think it's harder, if nothing else, to do than a regular campaign. And I think you'd have to be an extremely talented GM to do an evil campaign it's not impossible but i've only done one but my my agreement with the players was like you can't backstab each other okay. um well yeah that makes and sense and they eventually did competitions of like how gruesomely they could do something to a town they had a, a killing uh tally between all four of them where where they like go into uh small villages and like slaughter folk and then have a talent. Okay. And like it was a very interesting dynamic that um <clears throat> it never got like too vile from like a it never it never really got out of the mechanics of the game. Like it wasn't like oh I'm gonna well, that's good describe a really fucked up scene. It's more just like oh I go in, I roll the the D twenty, I kill someone. Look, sometimes um, you do just want to cause chaos. I absolutely understand that. And my players are chaos incarnate and do some really horrible stuff. I, I totally understand that. Well, it, it was cool because, like, in, in the world, they got, like, a reputation, obviously. Um, they could never stay in a town, so they just they just were a traveling group. But they um, there was a few, like, uh, churches that sort of started worshipping them as, like, oh, these are definitely, like, not the four horsemen, but essentially the four horsemen of like the God of death. They're like, de- the God of death has definitely sent these four people. And like, they, they sort of get it, got a, like a cult following. 
and no, like so, like you can yeah. still well, that's involve a super story. interesting spin on it. Yeah, I like that. That's a very interesting spin on evil. It's not just evil for evil's sake. You've, you're taking some interesting dynamics there, but um. It, look, it can be done. I didn't mean to go on this tangent about evil campaigns bad. I just that's I, I where the, the conversation started to go downhill. Um, where it really, really like where I cut off. This was this conversation was happening in public. Where I just said, "Oh, okay, that's cool, man. I got to go. Bye," and literally walked off. Was, um, <laughs> he said, "Look, there's two things you got to be okay with if you're going to play in the game." Nope. Uh, and I said, "Okay." What are those two things? Nope. The first thing he said, well, there's a lot. Do you want to guess either of them? That could be a fun mini game. Do you want to guess what either of them were? Nope. <laughs> this is some big um, notes from me. I think the first one will come out of nowhere. Uh, the first one was tentacles. If anything, that can be played off as funny. So, like, I'm not. Obviously, that's not where this is going, funny. but like, I think it, it could be, be played fine. off as funny until you hear number two. Yes, uh, yeah, and, I, and, I knew and, it was and, not going a good place. He he, really throwing this one guy under the bus. He, he'll never fucking listen to this. Um, um, he leaned into my ear and whispered the word rape. Oh god! So I have put that in campaigns, but not as like a player option. More of like a there is a do dastardly person going around doing these awful crimes and you have to go arrest them, kill them, whatever your moral compass says you need to do. Um, that's the extent that I will put that in a game. And only if like, I know the people I'm playing with are okay with it. It's the same with like those themes are in some of the video games that I play, which, which is like, I do play some darker video games. Oh, hang on. I'm so sorry. She's actually knocking shit off. Hang on. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm really sorry. That's the first time she's ever done that. She was actually breaking stuff. She was actually throwing stuff off the the very top shelf on a ceiling high wardrobe. As As you do as a cat. Anyway, I apologize if you have to repeat any of that. Oh, good. Uh, no, I can, I can get straight back in. Yeah, so, like, I'm happy to put themes like that in. I think for me, like, even with the campaign that me and you play um, for Scum and Villainy, um, like, I put things in, like, slaves and stuff because there there is slave trades in, like, the, the space scene and they get sold for various things and I, I made that clear, but I don't need to describe it. Like, that's as far as it needs to go. Like, you yeah. know, oh, we need to stop the slaver buying the slaves because he's going to sell them to do the things. And that's, yeah, that's and, as far as the, the, and, the, the role play needs be, to go. That can be useful in, in a gritty campaign. And if all of your players have agreed to that sort of subject matter and they're okay with that sort of subject matter, totally on board. Um, it is there. In, yeah. It's in there in cinema and it's in there in novels. You're going exactly. to find that content in a lot of, um, in a lot of media it, that has those themes. And if that's the kind of thing players are okay with, fine. Um, it also, for me, it, it sets the, um, how vile is this, per- like, is this person just like a murderer or is this person like literally just like does not care for human life or like yeah. uh, intelligent life? Or are they just a petty criminal? Do they just steal things? Like there, there's so many degrees and like you can, I, I feel like you can get like a really good like, players really want to kill or stop this person based on like how vile you make them. 
again without yeah. describing the actual stuff. Yeah, you don't want to use it for gratification. Um, and I, I want to make it very clear: this was this example I'm talking about was absolutely a player option, which I think is you know foul. Um, I just just like fucking disgusting to be honest. Um, having having your big bad do it in a in a campaign where people are okay with that sort of content, completely different situation. Um, up to the players, up to the GM, but running something where that is content to be enjoyed, where that's an action you can take for fun, just seemed so awful that I can't imagine wanting to participate in that. It definitely would be odd, but... So, so, yeah, I don't think you can, even if all the players are like, okay with it, you just be like, I'm not okay with it. And I don't want to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to kick their door down and stop them from doing that. I'm just going to think they're a bunch of little creeps. Yeah. It's very, it's uh, not good energy. Um, this has never happened to me. Um, I feel like it's probably never happened to you, but like, if you're playing, I have heard of this at other tables where you have a uh, femme presenting person and a uh, a dude who like always tries to do something to that character, yeah, to the, I've, like I've the other person's character, and, it, and it's just like it's one hundred percent like one not okay, two um, just weird and creepy. It's making it not fun for them. Like for the most part, it probably doesn't make it fun for the players or the GM. But I know, like, in the nerd geek circle, there'd be a lot of, like, that awkwardness of, like, ah, oh, no one else is doing anything about it, so I don't want to do anything about it, and I don't want to, like, make it weird, <laughs> even though that yeah, person's well, super making it weird. We're not known I feel, for I feel like there's a lot of that. Really, are we? Um, oh, well, if someone's making someone uncomfortable at my table, I would be like, yo... Or like I would no, try I can, to. I can, I, when I say we, I mean I mean the the, the nerd, you know, sort of niche in general. I, I know you're actually very good about this sort of thing. I mean, I've seen you do it. I've seen you call people up on 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 behaviour that's upset people. Um, I know you are very good at that, actually, and I and I try to be much the same myself. But like you said, I'm very lucky just, to have I, not needed to. I just got to an age where I stopped giving a shit about people's feelings. While at the well, same time I, giving I, I a shit about it. people's feelings. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I think it comes of a place from, from uh, of caring for you because you do it because you care about people's feelings and you don't mind offending someone if you think it will lead to a greater good for everyone else. I do try, but... Which I think yes, is good. I think that's the way to be. I, I really like... I'm not on board with, you know, the pacifist route where, well, let's just not cause any trouble. Sometimes I, I get it, though. I very much people. get it. Um, sometimes like, especially if it's like, you know, someone's just trying out being a GM and like, it's, it's hard to really find your footing, especially when you've got like players like that. Um, it's, it's hard to do. Absolutely. My thing I hate most about, I think is like, um, like it's it's the same with like online video games where girls just don't go on voice chat because they just get harassed. It's like, they're not. Like women aren't going to play these games because there's going to be creeps that don't let them. And I think that's yeah, why there's, there's really such sad. a skew in the genders sometimes for it, which really sucks. 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, it, it really does. So, and and that's like, look, even as I think I'm a very respectful person, um, and I try to be. I mean, I'm very progressive, and I try to be very understanding of um, people's people's feelings. Um, and I, and I think I, even I struggle with that. And that's I, I know we were talking just before. What I kind of mean is that I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, but. You can't sterilize the content so much that you don't even remotely run the risk of doing anything that could possibly upset someone. I'm I'm happy to make people uncomfortable, but like uncomfortable in the sense of like they're watching a horror movie where like yeah. they've signed up for this sort like one hundred percent. And I, I but I, but I find that that's a delicate line to walk. And I guess the argument I'm making is not that we shouldn't walk it, but that it can be challenging. Um, and and to an extent. Like my, I, I think do have a table. We're very lucky because we um we we play with like friends, so we know yeah. what their lines are already. And like if you're exactly, or you're doing much a table, to what it is. it's a lot harder. Yeah, like my, my my table rule, and this this relates to my experience with that guy. So when I started playing, I'm, my single table rule, I only have one. Um. Apart from the basics, like be respectful to each other and shit like that. But to me, that's just a given, especially since we're all friends. But um, the only rule is anything, any any sexual content has to be consensual. That That's all. Um, but even then, like we don't approach that sort of content very often. It's not that sort of game. It's dungeon delving, adventuring game. But so it is interesting because even when I brought up flirting with shopkeepers, like where is the line? How, yeah, how I think it that? can be very different though. Like, there's definitely like the flirting with a shopkeeper is funny because they're they're not doing it to be like what it sounds like to, to me from your players. It doesn't sound like they're doing it to be like, oh, we're gonna be gross and creepy. It's more like no, just funny, like not. like oh my god, we're gonna flirt with a shopkeeper and try and get a discount. It is like weird, like I think stuff that's a good like point. that. Yeah, um, like a lot of it places comes from a place of of humor. It's not serious. Um, my suggestive. my players have entered a lot of um, relationship things with NPCs, never with each other. Um, where like they they do a deed and there's like a child involved, and I've used that in storytelling a lot. Where <clears throat> I've had their their children kidnapped. Um, like at the end of a campaign, their children grew up and then um, were then the next campaign we did, like the children were like the rulers. So like they, yeah. they got to yeah, I think that's fantastic. Reintroduce a lot of those vibes and it was cool. Um but again, like you don't it all happened like for me, I always do it in downtime, like, oh, you know, you've married uh Zelda, the calligraphy enthusiast, and um, you know, you, you had nine months of downtime and now you got a baby and now you gotta go on an adventure and leave them all by themselves. You know, just a bit of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, it opens but, more opportunities for for storytelling which is which is great which is what this is really about yeah we are well over time so that is yeah um, it's been a, it's been a good i'll, I'll chat us out in a bit but uh next time i think hopefully i do this i'm playing a new i've got like a two-player tabletop rpg for me and caitlin to just play at home and oh, there's no gm lovely. like it's all it's all told by through like cards and different things That's very interesting um so I'm keen to talk about that if we play that before our next episode. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. I look forward to hearing about it. I think like it sounds like a really cool couples TTRPG sort of thing. 
Yeah. I'll let you know how it is, but yeah, yeah, that next episode. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, in that case, I guess I should let everyone know that you can find us on Twitter and some other places at TTRPG Treasures and uh, hope you enjoyed listening. Go get that treasure.